everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. I am very excited to have my friend David Kenyon join us today. David and I have a similar background, and now we both find ourselves in the financial coaching realm. So David, welcome to the show. Suzanne, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yes, I know. We were, David and I were just chatting. We almost missed our recording time. So (laughs) David is the head coach over at DK Financial Solutions. And I can't wait to hear about the dumb stuff that he has done with money. So before we get to that, though, David, tell everybody a little bit about your specific coaching practice. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been coaching for for a couple of years now. And basically what I love to do is the the short version is I want to help people who are serious about changing their relationship with money. You know, there's a lot of us who went through a a difficult time, like when we're just getting started, it's really tough. And then you kind of work your way up and then you have some extra money, right? And then what do you do with it? Well, a lot of the times you waste it because not that you're trying to, you just don't have a plan. And so that's one thing I'm very passionate about is helping people look at what they have and where they want to be and see what those steps are that are needed to get there. I love how you pointed out that you work with people who are serious about changing their financial habits. Because one thing that we can't do as coaches is we can't, we can provide like encouragement and what I always call like additional motivation, like when you're feeling down, I can help be your motivation, but we can't provide that baseline of, of this is it. I know something needs to change and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And what do you find makes a difference in someone's motivation when they are serious about changing their financial situation? What do you think is the biggest factor? I think the the biggest one, like you said, it comes internally for that person is really discovering the why of what they're doing. Because, you know, if I said, Suzanne, would you rather have $5,000 in your bank account or take out a $5,000 loan? I mean, everybody, everybody knows that answer, right? But if you don't have a reason that's driving you forward to put $5,000 in your bank account, that you have it. Okay. Well, what does that do for you? Well, it gives me the flexibility to do more things with my kids. Okay. What do you want to do with your kids? Oh, I want to coach their baseball team. Okay. So now you're saving money to coach your kids baseball team because it gives you the flexibility to not have to work a little more overtime, you know, things like that. So it has to be a reason and not just an idea that this is what we're working toward. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Because yeah, we can have lots of ideas. And unfortunately, I spoke to someone yesterday who had a lot of ideas, but didn't have the right reason yet. And I think, you know, David and I've been doing this long enough that we've spoken to enough people and we know this person's not ready yet, right? And you can kind of feel it sometimes. And then you know, those people who come to their first session, and they're like, let's do this, you know, those are the, those are the people who are going to experience the most change, for sure, especially with their finances. Yeah, they, they'll be the most prepared right away. And I've also had, you know, I, I know you have too, where you have clients that they're kind of there at the beginning. It's like, okay, let's do this. And then they have a nice start and then it kind of comes back down. And then something happens when they're on their way down. You know, they got, they got sloppy with something. They just stopped caring a little bit. They didn't put as much time in it, whatever it may be. It could have been something that was totally out of their control. But then there was that moment again, they're like, okay, we said we were, we 
we're needing to do it. Okay. And then boom. Okay. Now we have to do it. And so yeah. there's, there's always those triggers too. Absolutely. Our friend Laura says it quoted you. It has to be a reason, not an idea. We're all stealing that, right, Laura? <laughs> It's totally stolen. I always say that. Steal shamelessly. So, Absolutely. David, we have a background, a similar background. I spent many years in professional sports, and you have a sports background as well. And I know that you do still continue to do that as a different job. But tell me about your involvement today. I saw that you are indeed coaching a baseball or a softball team. Yeah, a softball team. So that's that's one thing I love doing. I help out at a high school I started as a varsity coach in 2020. I don't know if that technically counts, but we got one week of practice and one week of spring break voluntary workouts in, and then we were we were done. But last year, got to do that. So that's awesome. I, I love being around them. You and I both know as far as financial coaching goes, everything's about relationships. And to be able to do that in an athletic setting, which is something that has always been a part of my life, playing sports, being around sports, it's just very cool to build the relationships with the, with the girls and and push them to be what they want to be you know as we talk about reasons and ideas well i want to be a good softball player okay what does that look like how do you get there and so all of these things translate into every part of your life really but yeah that's something i love doing yeah how old are the girls varsity so high school oh, okay so it's, oh, everybody's oh yeah and do you have a lot of freshmen on the team or is it mostly juniors and seniors this year there's going to be a fair number of freshmen coming in looks like a very strong class so we always love that yeah. God bless you. My my sister is a high school teacher. I don't know how you people do that stuff. <laughs> well, I, I told my friend, he he was just saying, he's like, you know, I'm kind of jealous of your job sometimes. And I was like, you know what? I'm never jealous of yours. Yeah. No. You can teach yeah. all day, my man. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess it's a little easier having them for extracurricular activities than it is in the classroom. But man, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. <laughs> uh, so David, I created this show to help people realize that while we all make financial mistakes, we do have the opportunity to learn from others before we make those financial mistakes. So David, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done with money? So as far as me personally, the biggest thing that I did was I bought a truck and this wasn't, you know, take out a bunch of money, buy the truck, put yourself in the hole. It was, I feel like I'm entitled to new and better. And I, I had a truck. I had worked, I had worked. I got, I got a nice truck right when I first started driving and it was, you know, it was getting up there and it was time. And I, I had a, a a fuel pump go down on 294 in Chicago, which if you know anything about that, it's not terrible, but it's not fun. And so, you know, Thanksgiving ruined, right? And then I'm like, all right, I'm done with this truck. Like I tell my wife, I'm done with this. I'm looking for a new one. She says, great. That sounds good. Now, mind you, my wife is in grad school at the time. So she's working you know, on the weekend, whatever she can do, fantastic. But I was I was the primary person at that point. And we had a nice bit of savings from when I was working through college. But I I didn't want to, you know, get a similar truck, right? Because it has to be newer. Because why when when you get new cars, you always go forward, right? And that's right. this I mean, it's gotta have the sunroof, it's gotta have the seat warmers, or if you already had seat warmers, it's gotta have the seat coolers and right. it's gotta have the extra cup holders. I distinctly remember that about the the my the truck that my husband had when we met had like 
10 cup holders. And I'm like, what on God's green earth are you? Are two people going to need 10 cup holders for? But we use quite a few of them. But yeah, totally agree. You've got it. You got to upgrade, right? You can't just go from like slightly old truck to slightly newer truck. You've got to get the upgrade. Correct. So that was, that's the problem of, of where mindset, my mindset was. It was all pride. 100% is pride. And so looked into some other things, reached out to a friend of mine who's, who's always had trucks. And he, he basically just gave me a consumer's reports, right? Very reliable. And I looked through everything and there are two years of this particular truck that you just really shouldn't get. But those were the price range of the upgrade I felt I was entitled to or should get, you know, whatever, however you want to phrase it, that, okay, this is, this is the next model from where my truck is. But also my head is telling me, you know, this is dumb, but my heart said, forget you. So it's had some, we already, the truck, it was already established that this vehicle had issues during these two years of production and you didn't want to hear it. Nope. Wanted nothing to do with it. Cause I wanted, I wanted a newer truck. And so right. the, the long story short here is it was a $17,500 truck. I traded in mine for four. I paid 13, five cash. So I didn't put myself in a hole, which I I'm thankful for that, but we had $17,000 in our bank account. And I bought a 13, five truck, which is fine. We can manage that. It's okay that then needed $4,000 of repairs in the first year. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. That's brutal. So Which, now on paper, we're technically in the hole, right? I'm Timing wise, I'm sure you guys weren't completely in the negative, but right. on paper, we're in the hole now. Yeah, absolutely. And given that my head knew this was not the right decision, it just makes it even dumber. That like right. I went into this knowing I shouldn't buy a 2008, and what did I do? I sure did. Yep. And then, exactly. wow, shocker! 18 months later, we're trading in this truck for a car that my wife currently has now. And you know what I drive now, Suzanne? The old a truck. Tw- a 21 year old Nissan Altima. Yes. <laughs> it is rusted through the doors, and you know what? It gets me point A to point B. Okay, well, now you have to send me pictures so I can put it in the comments here so people can see it. Absolutely. (laughs) I have cousins who aren't even 21 years old yet. That's impressive. (laughs) That is impressive. I was like, if he tells me that he went back and got the old truck, that's going to be really interesting. (laughs) Should have. I miss miss my speakers on that. Oh, my gosh. You're so funny. So (laughs) if you could go back in time, obviously, and change the trajectory of all these decisions, what would you do first? Well, the first thing is I would have taken my truck to a mechanic who I trust, family friend. He'd done everything on my truck for, at that point, probably six years and just been like, hey, look this over for me. This just happened on 294. You know, fuel pump goes out. Obviously, once you fix that, it should be fine for a long time. Is there anything else that you're concerned about? And if he tells me no, well, then first of all, I don't spend $13,500 on a new truck. And hey, you're going to have some of these things come up in the next couple of years, right? Okay, so that's a couple thousand dollars. I mean, at that point, it's a 13-year-old truck. But you know, a lot of these trucks, especially back then, they're built so well. 
I mean, it's the same model, same chassis really as a, a truck my dad had, and he got nearly 400,000 miles on it. So, it's so funny I, you said that we we just and I don't know what kind of truck this was, and I'm sure you don't want to you know mention it, but I will say that we, my husband and I, were driving past what looked like it had to be like an I don't even know if they were making them back then, but a 19 like 80 something Toyota Tacoma, and we were just like, oh my god, that thing is it's like the uh, it literally has been called the unkillable truck. So yeah, there are definitely trucks out there that last 400, 500,000 miles. And you wouldn't need to, you know, sure, you got to do the upkeep and all that stuff. But yeah, it is possible for sure. Yeah. So that that's the first thing I would have done is figure out, is this something that I could continue, especially given that I had a mechanic you can trust, you know, because as adults, there are a lot of things you have to find in, in, in life of professionals you trust. And mechanics up there, definitely up there. And so I had it and I didn't use it. So use your network, obviously. And then second, if it, if I had to get a new vehicle, did I have to get a truck? Or if I had to get a truck, did I have to get a newer? No. Right, right. And so that would have been the the next thing is understand, okay, I like having the truck. Should I continue with this? And if yes, great. And if not, okay, then buy a Pontiac Grand Prix or, you know, whatever that you could pretty much get for maybe a couple thousand more after a trade-in for that anyway. Oh, and then yeah. I mean, as, as my wife is going through college too, then we have even more of a cushion to, we could go into a whole another 20 minute conversation of when she was done paying off student loans. Right. Exactly. That could have put you guys X number of dollars ahead of the game, right? Instead of, instead of saying, okay, now we finished grad school and now we're going to start paying the student loans. We could have, you know, evened out the scorecard at that point for sure exactly. yeah it's it's one of those things that's, that's why i love doing the show because you hear these stories from people that you're like there's no way they would ever do something like that <laughs> and to be honest i try not to read the questionnaires in advance because i like to be surprised sometimes and yours is one that i didn't read and this was not the direction i thought it was going so <laughs> So now with your financial coaching practice is this something that you can look back and say like you can say to your clients, Hey, listen, I've done stupid with cars before, you know, this gives you like an upper hand for sure. In that conversation. I literally had this conversation two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Personal experience is, is the thing that people care about because I can sit here and tell you to not buy a $15,000 car. And you're like, okay, cool. Sounds good guy. And then I tell you, this is what happened to me. You're like, huh? All right. Maybe let's think about that. You know, it's, right. it's, the personal experience is what drives change. You know that in your own life, in literally anything. Yes, that, yes. Okay, you know, it's like the child touching the stove, right? Well, I guess maybe you let them do it once because then they're going to realize you don't do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's definitely a ton of examples like that that we can use as kids, but even as adults. And I think, you know, sometimes we've sheltered kids a little too much and it's going to come back to not only haunt the kid, but maybe haunt society in the long run. So I am very glad that you had this experience of the $17,500 plus $4,000 in repairs truck <laughs> and that we can all learn from it now. And you guys learn from it. And, and when you guys have kids, you, they'll never make the same mistake, right? Oh, dad has this terrible truck story. You won't stop telling us about the truck story, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your kids are going to have car, like used cars under $5,000 for the rest of their life because of this. <laughs> hey, if it, if it gets you where you need to be, there's something to be said for that. 
Exactly. Thanks again to our guests for their honesty and for sharing their financial blunders with us. Join me again next week for another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.